testimony last night about a lady being healed of a respiratory illness, being touched by the power of God. Um, how many know that every time there's a testimony, it means God's going to do it again? Who here's got a respiratory illness? I just felt this morning when I woke up that the Lord was all over this testimony. Um, maybe you have trouble breathing. Maybe it's asthma. Maybe um, it's something from COVID, a flu, short COVID, long COVID, vaccine COVID. <laughs> what <laughs> that family of COVID? Would you just stand if that's you and you and you need healing in your body uh, from a respiratory thing, whether it's asthma, breathing. Maybe it keeps you awake at night and the, the breathing affects your sleep. I also felt in peop, the Lord was going to heal the back of... Is this a calf muscle? That one there. Who's that person that's got sore calf or the calf being affected? Would you stand as well? Would we just gather around these people and just... We're going to declare... We're not begging God. We're just declaring the healing power of God into their bodies. Um, why don't we do that for a few moments now? Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, we just declare the healing power of Jesus. Clear airways. Clear breathing. We rebuke any sickness that would want to come and steal, kill and destroy, and we release healing in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your healing power. Thank you, Jesus. Any effects from the flu or COVID or that whole family, Lord, we, we curse it in the name of Jesus and we speak healing, we speak blessing to these bodies in the name of Jesus. Bless them really good as you go back to your seat. If anyone's noticed a change in their body, can you just wave at me? Does anyone notice a change in their body? Maybe it's something you need to go home and sleep first to feel the difference, but is there any change in your body that you can visibly feel? Anyone want to come up and testify about the healing power of God? Any change? Maybe there's a small bit. I, I love the verse. It says, I think it's in Philippians. It says, he who started a good work will complete it. If you've felt that much of a change in your body, continue to quote the word of God. Continue to quote the word of God at the thing and say, he who started this thing in my body will complete it. Amen? Um. Like Hayden said, we had an amazing time of prayer last night. I want to thank everyone that came out.
It was incredible. I heard a story this week about um, a lady at the age of 60 up in Maryborough and when there was a prison that was about to be opened at Maryborough and while the whole community was holding placards and walking around protesting against the prison, she and her friends said, I wonder what God thinks about this. And they got together and while everyone, the community and even some of the church were protesting against a prison being built in their town, they walked around and started saying, God, what do you see in this place? And they felt the Lord saying that they were to take territory, that, that, that this, this, this opportunity of the prison being here was going to be a transformation of people's lives and it was going to bring glory to God. And so they started, while everyone was walking the streets with placards, they started prayer walking around this premises. And after a little while, they, this lady got such a heart of God in this prison that she ended up, when it was built, she ended up being the prison chaplain at the age of 60, at an all-men's prison. 24 years later, she's 84, and she is seeing revival now in that prison. Incredible. All because someone said, hey, if this is coming in my backyard, I want to get the heart of God here. And what happens through the power of prayer? And so I want to encourage you as we kicked off our prayer event um, last night who knows what's happening next week someone said food we've got a guest speaker Stephen San Martin he's going to be here he's an amazing guy and we do have food so we have our lunch after the service so make sure you're here next week if you're heading off to splash out camp could you just stand right now I think some of them are getting their coffee filled before they head off. <laughs> but we're just going to pray for you guys. If um, I think there's a few more. Maybe someone else can stand up in proxy for those that aren't coming. If... Absolutely. Absolutely. Incredible. Eight youth are going from our church to this camp. Why don't we just stretch forth our hands to these, these guys. Lord, we just pray for an extremely fruitful camp. Lord, we declare that these young people would literally get wrecked by the power of God. We pray that they would come back as different kids. Lord, we pray that as these leaders sacrifice this week and go out and serve our community and serve our kids, that, Lord, we thank you for grace upon them. Lord, we're just believing for much fruit, that this would be such a fruitful camp. Lord, that you would turn up and do amazing things. And we thank you for grace over them. We thank you for patience. And we commit them to you. Amen. We're continuing our series on community. And if you can turn to Luke chapter 5. This morning I want to talk about something that actually works in opposition to community. And that thing is isolation. How many know that isolation actually works to erode, to deteriorate, to work against community? 
we've just went through a, a pandemic which actually isolated people from community, physically isolated people. And thank the Lord that we're coming out of that and restrictions are no longer there. But how many know that you can, we, we, we can come out of the isolation rules, but we can still be living in isolation inside? How many know that we can come and, and sit in a room full of people, we can even come and sit in a church and still live a lifestyle of isolation? Recently, actually it's not recently, the la- a month or two ago, our family got COVID and we had to be in isolation. And thank you for those who made meals and thank you for those that prayed. And also a special thanks to one of my mates who kept sending me funny jokes about what to do in quarantine. And I just thought I would share something with you. I, I thought that were funny. Homeschooling is going well. Two students suspended for fighting and one teacher fired for drinking on the job. I thought that was funny. Have we got time for one more? All right. It's your fault. Question. How many people does it take to change a light bulb? Answer. Two. Just so long as the person living alone has nominated one person to change the light bulb with them. This bulb buddy can only travel a maximum of five kilometers to the home to help change the light bulb. If, however, the light bulb in need of changing is in a hotspot LGA, the person nominated must also live within the same LGA. Did anyone get that? I thought that was funny. So, all right, hang on. G- give me one more opportunity. You can, go, you can go listen to that on the podcast again. Child, hey mum, when is this coronavirus quarantine thing going to be over? Mother, just shut up and eat your toilet paper. <laughs> All right. Quick, let's get to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, verse 12. It says, While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell to his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses command you for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Verse 15, yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. This is an incredible passage. It's a man, he's actually unnamed. This man, the Bible tells us, they do not give us his name because his issue has so consumed him. How many know that his name was no longer relevant because the leprosy had become his identity? Here's a man who has a lifestyle 
of this leprous disease for where there is no cure. This is a man who's been confined, been quarantined, been isolated from any normal healthy relationships. There's a verse here in Leviticus 13. Who, who read Leviticus this morning for your daily devotions? Nobody? All right. Leviticus chapter 13, verse 45, it says, talking about leprosy, it says, Anyone with such a defiling disease must wear torn clothes, let their hair be unkept, cover the lower part of their face and cry out, unclean, unclean. As long as they have the disease, they remain unclean. They must live alone. They must live outside the camp. Here we see in Scripture that this is the rules whereby someone with leprosy has to abide by. There's some stuff they have to do and what they have to wear, but the main two rules are they have to yell out, unclean, unclean. Can you imagine this man who's most likely had a, a who, who's been plagued with this disease for, for potentially most his life? Every t- time he goes out and sees someone, he has to scream out, unclean, unclean. Can you imagine the emotional trauma when constantly every time he sees someone all he sees is is their backs as they run screaming away this is what they had to do they had to shout out unclean unclean so that people could get away from this contagious disease the second thing it says here is that they had to isolate themselves I can't imagine the pain, the physical pain of leprosy. But here we see that it's not just the physical pain, it's the emotional pain as well. Where here we have people that have lived a lifestyle, their earliest memory is people running away. Their earliest memory is people rejecting them, being defiled by them, being isolated, being ridiculed. And here we have this man, he comes And he wakes up one morning and he knows the exact thing is going to happen today is when he sees someone, he's got to yell out, unclean, unclean, and stay away. A few years ago, I had the privilege to go on a missions trip to Guatemala. And when we landed in the city... We were there for about 10 days. There was a small group of us that had the opportunity to go to a rural village. So we all got on a minibus and we drove for what felt like all day. And we finally arrived at this village. And in the village was a church and a hospital. And we had the opportunity to go and pray for the sick in this hospital. And so we broke up into small groups and... This was like something you've never seen before. It looked like a shed, this hospital. 
packed full of people with, from all the surrounding villages. And here we went into this place and we started laying hands and praying for people. We saw amazing healings take place that day. But we went down into the basement, myself, another guy and a translator. And we went down into the basement. And as we arrived down in the basement, we realized that there wasn't even concrete floors. It was like gravel. It looked like a chicken coop. And as I walked in there, I said to the guy with me, I, said, I looked around, there wasn't many patients down there. There was a few people there, but then there was one man right in the back, right in the left-hand corner. And I said, oh, this is incredible. Let's go pray for him. He's all by himself. This is going to be an amazing opportunity. So we walked. He was like furthest away from the entrance. As far as you could get, he was down in the very corner. He was laying on a bed with like a bit of plastic over his back. And as we got close, the translator said to him, what is it that you need? Uh, what, what, do you, what would you like prayer for? What's your condition? And as they're having this conversation, all of a sudden the wind blew in our direction. And I'm standing there and all of a sudden the flies that were all over his back flew away and we got hit with the smell of rotting flesh. This guy had leprosy. And at the same time as I smelt, this is not a good picture for a Sunday morning, I, I know, but this is the reality. So I'm standing there and the wind changes direction and I get, get a nose full of this rotting flesh. And at the same moment, the interpreter finds out that he's got leprosy and she jumps back and we both sort of go back. We finally gain our composure and then we pray for the man. And within probably five or 10 minutes, all the pain had left his body. How many, yeah, that's incredible. But how many know that that night when I went back to the host home, they were poor. They had one bottle of soap and I used every drop of it. And I scrubbed myself. I wasn't too sure about the medical implications of leprosy, but I was scrubbing myself. But how many know that leprosy is not glamorous? We see it all through the Bible and most of us probably don't even know of anyone who's actually had leprosy but we see it all through the Bible, but there's nothing glamorous about leprosy. There's nothing glamorous about a leper with this skin condition. The interesting thing in this story is that this unnamed man, he actually broke all the rules. This unnamed man who had been a leper for all his life, who most likely had obeyed the rules every single day, he, he would call out, he would keep a safe distance away, he breaks the rules. Scholars tell us that 50 paces was the allowable distance that a leper had to stay away from another person, 50 paces, 50 steps. You are whinging about the 1.5 meter distance, social distancing in COVID. You imagine this, and not just for seven days or 14 days, this was for his entire life. He had to be 50 paces away from another human being. Talk about isolation. 
So what does this story have to do with community? Good question. The crazy thing is that this man, he had spots on his skin. He had a skin condition. How many know that we're not in that predicament? This man was physically isolated. We're not physically isolated. But all, he, might have, he might have leprosy on his body, but how many know that we can have clear skin, but we can be dying inside? We can have clear skin, but we're isolating ourselves from people. And there's a lot of reasons why we do that. But on this day, this man decided, I'm sure he had heard the stories about Jesus. He had heard that when Jesus speak, demons get out. He heard the story that Jesus cleanses lepers. He heard the story about Jesus doing miraculous things. And this morning he got up and he thought, hey, I'm going to have to move beyond my isolation to Jesus. I believe this man got in this desperate state where he said the danger of isolation is much greater than the risk of intimacy. Let me say that again. The danger of isolation is much greater than the risk of intimacy. It's actually safer to come out from isolation and be seen than hide behind an image while you die inside. We're not plagued here with leprosy on our bodies, but oftentimes we're isolating to such an extent that we're dying inside. This morning, I believe the Lord is wanting to encourage us to make a move. I believe that as that man stood there, as that leper, that unnamed man stood there, how many know that I believe the first step was the hardest? The first step was the hardest. And I believe the Lord wants us to make a move this morning. To take a step. Take a step. He wants us to start the journey. There is a number of things we can isolate from. Fear. Disappointment. Lack of trust sin, addictions, rejections. There's a number of things that can cause us to isolate. Doesn't mean we don't go out physically. It doesn't mean we don't come to church, but there's barriers. There's things that we put up around our heart that say, hey, I'm not really going to allow people to really see who I am. And we isolate ourselves. We hide And we don't engage in the power of community. Years ago, I had an issue with pornography. And many of you guys know my story and my testimony. But that caused me to isolate that part of my life while I was dying inside. In that season, I believed a lie. 
And this was the lie. I can do this by myself. The lie that I believed in that season was I can do this by myself. And I continued to believe that lie because I didn't want to allow anyone in to see who really I was. And I kept telling myself, I can do this. I'll try this. I can help myself. I can do this. I can do this in isolation. I don't need anyone to help me. And I was dying inside. And then I had an encounter with God. And out of that encounter, I made a decision. I made a decision just like this man who stood there, who was 50 steps away, and he said, I've got to take the first step. Because the first step is always the hardest. And in the middle of my junk and my problem, I took a step. And that step for me looked like, looks like I was vulnerable with my wife. And then the second step looked like I, I allowed other people to come into my life, to share my life and see really who I was. It was a moment in a season of my life where I was fully known, but fully loved. It was vulnerable. Maybe it's fear. What's causing you to isolate? What's causing you to put barriers around your heart? Maybe you don't. Maybe you're living in healthy community and that's amazing. But maybe there's some things in your life where it's like, hey, I allow people in my life to such an extent, but these areas I'm going to isolate. These areas I'm going to hide because of fear about what other people would think. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's disappointment. Maybe it's lack of trust. Maybe it's sin. Maybe it is an addiction or just rejection or something else. And we pull back and we hide and we never allow the power of community to do its work in our life. To be fully known but fully loved. In that moment when I took that step and I started moving out of my isolation, I experienced the freedom of God. He set me free. And for the first time, I was fully known, but fully loved. I'll just ask the worship team if they can come up. You can clap them if you want. The crazy thing is, it's not just about the fact that, oh, we step out of isolation and we get to do community so that we have another mate. Although that's really important. It's not so much that we have another friend that's going to help us in our depression. The point about this, the power of community is that it actually breaks the power of the enemy over our life. Let's read a verse. 1 John 1 verse 5. Listen to these words. I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation. 
Maybe you want to close your eyes right now or just engage with God however you want to do that. This is what the scripture says. This is the life-giving message we heard him share and it's still ringing in our ears. We now repeat his words to you. God is pure light. You will never find even a trace of darkness in him. If we claim that we share life with him, but keep walking in the realm of darkness, we're fooling ourselves and not living the truth. But if we keep living in the pure light that surrounds him, we share unbroken fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, continually cleanses us from sin. How many know that that's such good news? What this verse is saying that, hey, as we become vulnerable, as we step out of our isolation and we step into vulnerability, we allow that light that shines upon us in those circumstances actually breaks the power of the enemy over our life. This is why community is so important. Because the very fact that we step out of isolation and we take a step forward actually crushes the power of the enemy over our life. And we step into a place where grace flows. I love this story about this unnamed man because how many know that he was 50 paces away and he took that first step which was difficult. How many know that every step he took, he got, he got closer to people? But the great thing is that Jesus was there at the end. It wasn't just that people are now doing life in close proximity to him. It was just that the creator of the universe has now stepped into his world. And I love this because we see a story here that Leprosy walks into the environment of Jesus. And how many know what happens? Leprosy had to bow its knee to the name of Jesus because there was another name, a name above every other name that like we're about to sing, that every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. How many know that even leprosy has to bow its knee to the name of Jesus? Even pornography has to bow its name to the name of Jesus. Even anger has to bow its knee to the name of Jesus. Maybe it's disappointment in your life. Maybe it's sin. Maybe it's addiction. Maybe it's rejection. Whatever it is that keeps you isolated, as you step out of that place of isolation, every single thing must bow its knee to the name of Jesus. And the power of this, like we read in, in, in 1 John, says that as we walk into community, as we walk in the light, the power of the enemy is broken. I want to encourage you today to take one step. One step out of isolation into freedom. Can we stand this morning?
What does a, a step look like for you this morning? Maybe it's a decision. Maybe it's as you're standing here in the presence of God, you're like, hey, I've had a lifestyle of this in the past and today I'm moving in a different direction. Maybe this is what step number one looks like for you. Maybe it's simply a decision. Maybe it's a conversation. Maybe it's getting with someone you can trust and saying, hey, even though when we catch up, I, I, I give the impression everything's fine, there's actually some stuff that's, that, that's not going well in my life. What does one step look like for you this morning? One step towards freedom. Out of isolation and into community. I just want to give an invitation as every eye is closed now. If you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, this is the most important step you could take. To say yes to Him if you've never experienced His love, His forgiveness, if you've never been born again. If that's anyone right now, I just want you to put your hand up. I want to include you in a prayer of salvation. Is there anyone here? Thank you, sir. I'll see your hand at the back. Anyone else? Just say, I want to follow Jesus. I want my sins forgiven. I want a brand new start this morning. Anyone else just want to say yes to Him? One courageous person here this morning that says, hey, I want to follow Jesus. we could all repeat this prayer together after me Jesus I give you my life thank you for dying on the cross thank you for your love thank you for forgiving my sin and today I choose you take control of my life and from this moment on I live for you Amen why don't we thank the Lord for that decision that was made? That is the most important step we can take. Maybe you're here now and you're like, hey, I've been living in isolation. There's areas in my life where I've isolated and I haven't really experienced the, what community is really about because... I've hidden things, I've put walls up, I've stayed in this place of, of hiding. I want to encourage you to move today. Maybe it's a decision as we sing this song that you make and you say, hey, maybe you're like the man, the leper, and it's like, hey, for as long as I can remember, I've had this disease, but today something's changing. Today I'm going to move. Today I'm going to take a step forward into healthy community. Maybe as we sing this song, this is just a decision you make. Maybe you actually want to do one step actually out into the aisle. Maybe you want to come forward. Whatever that looks like for you. But I want to encourage you. Whatever that step looks like for you, make a step. Because let's not be people that physically on the outside we're fine, but we're dying inside because we're isolating and we're not fully known.
Let's allow the King of all kings to, in this place of community, engage with us, change our life so that we can transform our community through the love and power of Jesus. Amen.